0: Um, if you have your Bibles, open with me to Exodus chapter 20. I'll tell you right now, we're going to pop around to a couple of different verses. So if you like to do that or want to try to do that, if you have your Bible tonight, you might just put your thumb on the uh, table of contents to help you there, or if you have the little tabs, that's awesome. Or you can just look up on the screen behind us and do it that way, or you can look on your phone, and if you're texting, I'll probably throw my Bible at you, and all will be well. But, um, but we're going to look at a couple of different verses, but really, Exodus 20, verse 12 is going to be kind of the launching point for us. That'll be really the foundation for where we're going tonight. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I My plan to cover in this series was really going to be just two weeks. We were going to do one on some and one on the other, and then uh, when I got sick, I wasn't sure, I was already not sure what I was gonna do, and then when I got sick, it made it easy. I'm just gonna give Sarah one, we'll finish up the Sabbath, and then next week, I'll cover a whole bunch of them, and then I got started, and I go, yeah, that's not gonna happen either, so we're just gonna stick with one tonight. Maybe next week, we'll do more, but I'm just not even gonna say anything, because I don't know. We're just gonna let the Lord lead, and as he gives me uh, encouragement to do one thing, that's what we'll do, but um, so we're gonna land on one, and I'm gonna be honest with you. If uh, I'm surprised you're all here. If you, if you follow us on social media. Because uh, a lot of people are like, yeah, that one, not interested. See you later. I'll call you. I'll come back next week. Or catch it online, right? You liars. The reality is when we talk about, and some of you are like, I didn't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're about to say. So I can't wait to hear it. Tonight we're going to talk about honoring our parents. And it is a huge deal. A huge deal. And so I'm not going to harp on you tonight. That's not the point, but I hope I can paint a picture for you that will be so helpful because this is relevant for all of us. Now, before we go any further, let me just say this. I know some of you are going, listen, man, you don't know my parents. For you, whoever's in that group, which by all means could be a large number of us, when we get to the end tonight, there's a section that's going to be just to talk about that. But to start off, we're going to go under the pretense that your parents aren't perfect but that have been helpful in your life. And we're gonna look at what it means and what it looks like to honor our parents. And then we will transition into a short time where we talk about how do we do this if our parents truly left us, abandoned us, abused us, sexually, physically, verbally, all of the above. We're gonna kinda deal with a broad spectrum of that. So I I don't want you to think, I'm just not gonna listen tonight because that doesn't, it really will be beneficial for all of us. Because here's the other thing, eventually most of you, if not all of you are gonna have kids. And it's helpful to know how God asked the kids to behave because it will affect how you parent your child. And so if nothing else fails, and let me just say this. This may be all over tonight. If you grew up in a home where your parents were just absolutely horrendous or not even there, you have already learned a valuable lesson. You have learned exactly what you do not want to do when you become a parent. Okay, so don't, don't look at this and go, God, why would you let this happen to me? How dare you give me parents that did this? No, he's already taught you an, an unbelievably invaluable lesson and that is what not to do. So no matter how we look at this, we know God's sovereign and he's working here. So, But let's just get started one step at a time and, uh, and let's get going. Okay, so uh, let's, let's begin with this. Remember what's happening in the big context of our story, okay? God has basically called a family meeting with the people of Israel and with Moses. So they're gathered together at the bottom of Mount Sinai. God has already given to Moses these, these Ten Commandments, or that's really what's unfolding right now. And, and Moses is going to translate these Ten Commandments to the people. And so if you grew up in a family where either both parents or one parent were here, and, and you remember if there was ever a family many, it was typically because something bad happened and they had to deal with it. And so they brought everybody together so that you would learn. Uh, how many of you have siblings, even just one? Okay, good, so majority of the room. So you probably experience or at least understand the idea of a family meeting. Well, what God's doing is saying, hey, listen, I've brought you out of slavery. I've brought you out of Egypt and the bondage that you have been in. we talked about that for many, 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 many weeks. I've brought you out of that. Now that you're out, here's how I want you to go forward. Here's how I want you to live. Here's how we're going to navigate this journey of life. I'm going to lay down some guardrails, some boundaries, some rules for you to follow, and they are the 10 commandments, and it is the law as it's referred to in the scriptures. And so God lays this down. Here's what I wanna show you first. Matthew 22, you don't have to turn there, just listen. Matthew 22, 36 says this. Someone asked, teacher, asking Jesus, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. A second is, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, when you read that, you may not realize it, but what Jesus did in his most masterful way, like only he could do, he took all 10 commandments and wrapped them into two. What's the first four commandments? They're all dealing with our vertical relationship with God. Everything is related between you and him, ending with what we talked about last week on the Sabbath, that there's a day to be set apart for you to rest, but also that it would be dedicated to the Lord, that you would spend time with God on that day of rest. So the first four are all about our relationship with him and what Jesus say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. There's no idols, there's no other God, no one takes that place, no one even comes close. In fact, there's a whole day of your week going to be dedicated to you and I. And don't see that as a burden. See it as a meeting with Almighty God. He wants you to give him that time so that he can show you and encourage you and teach you and train you and give you rest. Who wouldn't want that? I want to be smarter. I want to be more informed. I want to be able to make better decisions and feel a little bit more rested. Sounds like a win to me. In fact, I think all of America needs to have a Sabbath day mandatory. All right, you got the weekend. But let's be honest, we filled it with so many things, it's hard to do anything else. God's saying, I want you to take a day. I want you to dedicate it to me so that I can encourage you. I can develop you. I can help you find rest. But then he says, second, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And if you look at it from commandment five on, everything deals with our horizontal relationships with people. And guess where he starts with the most intimate with your family, with your family, and ultimately with your parents. And so that's where we're going. That's where we're at. And it's going to be beautiful. All right. Here's the first thing I want to show you. We gotta, I'm going to show you three things. We're going to understand the command. We're going to understand the promise connected to the command. And then we're going to answer the question, what if my parents blank and all the bad things that could have happened, okay? Let's look at the first part. Let's understand the command. Exodus 20, verse 12 says this, honor your father and your mother. Let's pause. Honor your father and your mother. How exciting is that, right? It's not complicated. It's not difficult, though it could be. What does it mean to honor? Honor means to hold the person and the position in highest esteem. Second to God, of course, always we've dealt with that. To hold the person and the position in its highest esteem. Your parents, mother or father and both, have been given the position in your life as your parent, whether they were there or they were gone or they were great or they were not great or whatever, God has given them that position in your life. To honor our parents is to hold the person and the position in its highest esteem. And so immediately, people begin to wonder, okay, how does this break down, though? What about when I'm 30? What about when I'm three? What about when I'm 19? What about when I'm an adult but I still live at home? We're going to deal with all that right now, all right? Number one, for a child. What is a child? I don't know if this is officially what they say, but I'm telling you this is what it is. Under 18 years old. All right, 17 and below is considered a child. Now, I know that's, that's maybe a very small number of us in this room, if any. But let's deal with this for just a moment. A child, how does a child honor his or her mother and father? They obey what the parents ask them to do, period. There's no debate of, well... Uh, Dad, I'm not feeling, at three years old, I'm not really feeling like eating my peas today, so uh, I'm just not going to do that, and the Lord's given me permission to tell you that I'm not going to do that. it. It doesn't work that way. Just, no. right? It just doesn't happen. When you are under 18 years old, and you especially, we'll deal with the house in a minute, when you are under 18 years old, you are considered a child, and therefore you are to obey your parents. Now, is there an exception? Absolutely We'll look at that in just a moment, but I want you to see, and again, we're going to move this real quick because this isn't most of us in the room, but if you are under 18, if your little brother is like, hey, big sis, I'm telling you, I'm thinking about just going rebellious against my mom. They wouldn't say it like that, but I'm thinking about bailing out of here. I'm done with these guys. They're making me mad. You just go, hey, hey, little buddy, come here. Come here. I love you so much. Let me give you a hug. Get back in there. Get, because if you want to honor the Lord, you get back in there. Now, if you want to dishonor the Lord, good luck with that. He made lightning and it hurts. Go for it. Have fun. We'll see how you get there. But if you want to honor the Lord and you are under 18 years old, you obey what your parents say. Period. Okay? Now, let's move on and we'll spend a lot more time in these next two. A young adult. Debatable. What is a young adult? I'm going to tell you right now. Tonight, here's how it is. You ready? All right. Don't, don't like, so I'm not writing a book here. I'm just telling you what I think. Young adult. 18 years old to OOH. You know what that means? Out of the house. That's right. Hold up, man. Yeah, you didn't think I was coming for you tonight. I'm coming for you tonight. I'm not scared. You're 24. You are 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, it goes however old you are. Listen, if you live under your parents' rules, under your house, if you live under your parents' roof, you abide by their rules, you get it? Now, I know some of you are like, man, if this dude prays, I'm out of here. I'm not wasting my time with this no more, this is nonsense, I don't wanna hear, listen, listen. You are under the covering and the protection of your parents when you live under their home. Some would argue that when you're just living under their financial stability, which I don't necessarily disagree with, but I don't wanna go down that rabbit trail tonight. But if you are between 18 and whatever the age is that you decide to leave the home, listen, you have kept yourself by your choice under the umbrella and the covering of your parents, that's your choice. Now, let's look at this carefully. What do you do when you're a young adult? Well, when you're a child, you obey your parents no matter what. With one exception, We'll talk about in a second. When you're a young adult, you respect what your parents say and their accept, expect, expectation of your behavior in life. Now, what does it mean to respect? Well, to respect means if your parent tells you something that you need to do, you need to do it. If your parent tells you something that you don't like, for instance, your parent says, I think you should go to this college, but you may want to go to this college. We're going to leave it up to you, but I really think you need to go to this college because this is where I went to college, and so I think you should go to the college and then socialize your kids and your grandkids and all the kids with us, so we can say we have a generation of Aggies and we can all be a part of a cult. <laughs> Just kidding. Kind of. <laughs> I'll let you answer that. You did it yourself. You see the difference, though? You... you you are not necessarily gonna obey every single thing that your parent asks you to do. There's, there's these little things here and there, of course, but when you live under your parent's home, they get to set those rules, and whatever rules they set, man, we're, our expectation is out of respect for them opening their home to us and taking care of us, and we're gonna follow them. Listen, if you, and we do this all the time. Sarah and I have had so many people live with us, I, I can't even count anymore. If you were to come live in our home, and we were gonna give you a room upstairs, say, Hey, you got your own little place that's yours, But here are the things we ask that you do while you're here. Out of respect, I ain't your parent, but out of respect for what we've done by opening our home to you, extending that covering to you, out of respect, you're going to follow the things we've asked you to do, or you'll choose just simply not to live there. Does that make sense? And it's the same thing with our parents. But so often we go, well, I am 19 now, Dad, so I want my room, and I want my food, and I want my allowance, and whatever else you get, I don't know, but... I'm gonna do whatever I wanna do. And I would tell you that, honestly, that has a little bit more authority in your life than you realize. Now, some of you are going, well, I'm 25, I'm 26, I'm 27. Well, listen, here's the thing. You have chosen to stay there. Now, would it be really impossible to move out on your own? Probably. But you have chosen to stay under that because you don't have to. By 18, you can do whatever you want. But you've chosen. And so, therefore, we show respect to our parents by following what they've asked us to do. That's in life, and that's also in houses under, in, and under the rules. Now, let me show you this. There's the exception, okay? And here, here's the exception. And I want you, I want you to be so clear. Don't, I, everyone's, people love the exception. Oh, I've been waiting for that. That's it. That's we're good. I got my exception clause. I'm ready to just do whatever I want. No, 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 listen. But here's the exception. If your parents, whether you're a child or a young adult or adult, were ever to ask you to do something, like genuinely ask you to do something that went against the commandments of God from the scriptures, that you could look at and point at and say, this, God, God tells me not to do this. That is the only time you could lovingly and respectfully, let me repeat that to this side too, lovingly and respectfully say, mom, dad, mom, whatever it is, I love you so much, I really do, I'm so grateful that you've taken care of me, that you've let me live in this room, but I just want you to know well, listen, my conviction by God Almighty and the word of God says, I can't do that. And as much as I love you and as much as I care about you, I I hope that you'll understand when I say, I I cannot do that. Now, listen carefully. This doesn't mean they grounded you for something silly and you go, well, you're not a Christian, so you just can't do that because that's just ungodly. It doesn't work like that. Mm -mm. Your parents were, uh, this is going to be debatable, but I don't care. Your parents were to tell you, hey, Wednesday night, some of you came out of the youth ministry, Wednesday night live, you got this Wednesday night service. You know what? You're grounded. You're not going to live. And you got to look at them and say, you can't take me from church. God says I got to go to church. I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing that. Here's what I would tell you. This is a little debatable, but I would tell you that no, whatever they say, you're going to do. Because that doesn't affect your faith. It's a couple of meetings at a church, which you can have when you're with the Lord and Bible together with some other people at another time. See, we gotta be careful how we look at this. So the exception is not as big as you think. It is so minimal. But it would generally be, maybe they come up to you and say, listen, we're all gonna go to church and we're gonna go you know, whatever uh, false god it may be. We're, we're, gonna, we're Buddhists. We're gonna go worship whatever. That would be a moment to say, as much as I love you, I cannot participate in that. And I'm, I'll even sit in the car while you're in there. You see how the exception works? The exception isn't fun. The exception is like, I'm gonna sit home in the mansion while you're out there. No, I'll sit in the car I'll go to lunch with you, I'll do everything around that, but I, I, I just need you to know I can't do that because my God tells me I can't. See the difference? So don't, don't grab the exception, but understand that if your parents, whether you're a child or a young adult, were ever to ask you to do something that generally went against the word of God, you would have the permission of Almighty God to not obey that, but lovingly and respectfully to explain and to use it as an opportunity to show them who God is in your life. to show them who he could be in theirs Um, just so you have an example acts 419 may be familiar with this Peter and John are gathered together and they're in front of a bunch of uh, uh, leaders of the community and religious leaders and basically they're asking them to do something that they refuse to do because it goes against what God's asked them to do and they say this is why we're doing it because it is against the will of God therefore we are not going to do that and you can judge what you do with me but I'm going to stay committed to the Lord see the difference so then we go on. I'm an adult now. What does adult mean? Again, this may be debatable in some of your, uh, whatever psychological magazines that you read, I guess. What's an adult? Out of the house. ooh. o-o-h. It's a new thing. You can tweet it if you want. It's great. I think Twitter died. An adult. What does an adult do? How does an adult honor, a child obeys, a young adult respects. How does an adult, say you're 27, you're out of the house, either you're single or you just got married, how does an adult respect his parents? Well, here's what I'd say, and this isn't theological, this is just what I can pull from scripture. You listen, you appreciate them, and you take care of them. You listen, you appreciate, and you take care of Let's look at listen first, quickly. What does listen mean? Listen means that I understand that my parents have been through life, even if they're not believers. They have been through life and they may not know everything, they may not get everything, they may not get everything right, but there is surely something that they could offer to me even if they're not a believer in Jesus Christ. They could be beneficial in my life. So the adult says, I'm gonna listen to what my parents say and then as God leads me, I will navigate through how I respond in that situation. Listen, no one is ever going to be perfect and neither are your parents. Now we're really quick to point out the flaws and I've done the same thing growing up, right? But even a broken clock is correct twice a day. Don't hurt your head thinking about that. The reality is, if God has placed them as our parent, we're gonna trust that somehow, they're gonna offer some good. And so if you just look at them at a few mistakes they made, you go, I just can't listen to anything that you say. Well, you're cutting out an opportunity that God has ordained that they might still have influence in your life, even though you're gonna be careful what kind of influence they have over it. And so as an adult, we listen to our parents, because at some point, somehow, someway, they can be an asset. The second thing is, we appreciate them. Now listen, I'm gonna be honest, as I was preparing this message, I was like, man, I'm not worried about this, I'm good, I I don't have anything to be ashamed of, I I love my parents, and then it said, appreciate them, and I was like, come on, man, find the one word in all the dictionary that would find a way to make me feel convicted. Why? How do we appreciate them? Well, number one is we stay in touch with them that's where I was guilty. I, I just, I mean, I don't call my mom as much as I should. I just don't, I'm just being honest with you. I don't call her as much as I should. She, doth, she hardly knows what's really going on in our world. She knows little bits and she follows us on Facebook, but, but I don't connect with her enough to let her know what's going on. And by doing that, what happens when we connect with them? We show them that we appreciate them. We show them that they matter. We show them that we care about them and that they're important in our lives. And so not only do we listen to our parents, but we stay connected with them. And we shall appreciate, what do we appreciate them for? Think about the sacrifice your parents have made. All of you were born, right? True question. Every one of you caused pain. If for no other thing happened, for those few minutes or hours, however long you took to pop out of that womb, you caused pain. Sorry if that was not politically correct. You caused pain. But here's what's interesting. Not only did you cause him pain, not just Nemo, but as you were growing up and all the dumb decisions you make, and you know if I could make you list them all out, you would feel so bad because we've all made stupid decisions. But I'll tell you this, I've read this, this is so fascinating. Do you know how much it costs to have a kid? The average number right now, $241,000 per child. $241,000 per child. Now my wife is the oldest of seven kids. That's $1.6 million. If your parents had two kids, three kids, however many, think about that. When they popped you out, again, I should stop that. (laughs) What they said is no longer will I have a nice home or a nice car or a nice anything. In fact, the only thing in my wallet will be pictures where there used to be money because that's what it means to have a kid. And don't look at them and go, you are the most selfish parent I can, not by them, now Grant, we know there's some exceptions, I get that, but by having you, by having you, they made the sacrifice of financially giving away a part of what could have been theirs. Uh, Sarah told me that her brothers, while well, years ago, asked, asked her dad, how come we don't have a nicer house or a nicer car? And he goes, because I got you. <laughs> if I didn't have you, I'd have a mansion right now, a, probably a $1.6 million mansion. So... You want to go, let me, know. I mean, there is, a, there is something that happens, and we, we take it for granted, right, because all it's just $10 here, it's $20 there, some of you are in Katie, it's like $50 here, whatever, but the reality is there's is just money that is pouring out of you, that's just the average, you can imagine how much they might spend on some, and so if, if nothing else, appreciate the sacrifice that they've made for you, listen, we have a daughter, she's two and a half, she's awesome, I know, I talk about her all the time, I tell you I'm not, but I don't really care, I do, um, She's the most amazing kid that's ever walked the planet. But she is also an inconvenience very much of my life. I would say that if she was here because she wouldn't understand. But the reality is she has to be changed. She's got to be woken up. She's got to go to sleep. She's got to have her bottle and her cup and her food. She's always got to be food. She's always hungry. She always wants to eat. It's like this nonstop. I'm not complaining. I'm just being real with you. But the reality is there is a sacrifice that your parents have made for you, And so no, they may not be perfect, yes, they may have made a ton of things wrong. And the older we get, the more we realize how imperfect our parents were. But oh, I hope we realize too how much they've sacrificed for us. And so may the appreciation come out of the heart of what they've done. And then finally, this is big, take care of them. Oh, I'm going to tell you something, you didn't think this was coming. In fact, there's probably some people out in the world that would argue with me, and they could write an email to Chad at I don't care.com. We are to take care of our parents as they took care of us. I'll be honest, with this kind of stresses me out. Your parents brought you into the world and in a normal situation, most parents will go out before their child. And for most people, they will have to go through a stage of that old age where they either need a place to stay, they need someone to help take care of them. And listen, let's not sugarcoat it. It will be a burden it will be expensive, it will be inconvenient, and you will spend many, many days very upset. But it is what God has asked us to do. Now, the world, the culture today tells us that's not really real anymore. Like, yeah, maybe at one point you were expected to take care of your parents, and, and I'm gonna tell you that biblically I think that that is inaccurate, I think we are. But also, it's just the right thing to do. How would you, I mean, think, let's put yourself out of it you hear a friend, they go, man, my mom, like she's really old, she needs a place to stay, she needs someone to take care of her, but I don't wanna do it, so some neighbor down there is taking care of her. You'd be like, I, I mean, I mean, I don't wanna do it, but it's your mom, like that's your job. You should, you should at least be helping there. Now, praise the Lord. I um, never thought I'd say this very often, but the government has helped us here. Um, there are new, we, we have different things when you retire and when you get old that they help you with. There's, you have nursing homes, so there's a way to do it where they don't necessarily have to live with you, but you can help financially. And, and so there's some things, and we can argue about nursing homes right around. I don't care. That's not the point. But there's some things that have helped us now. Uh, there's insurance that you can get. I mean, there's different things you can do that can help you be better prepared for this. But at the end of the day, when you stand before God, he's gonna look at you and say, hey, did you take care of those parents that I put in your place? Did you take care of those parents that I used to create you, to bring you to earth and to bring you to life? First Timothy 5.8 says this, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. In case you were wondering what the Bible says, for all those people that go, I don't think that's real, First Timothy 5.8, how about that? That's pretty bold. I'll read it again just for fun. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, some translations say parents there, but relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Now, he's not saying that you're an unbeliever, but what he's saying is your heart behind serving God and keeping him in his right spot is truly being tested right now because believers in Jesus Christ take care of the parents that have brought them into the world. That's just as simple as that. Wow, pretty Bold, yet very, very real. Even Jesus did this, by the way. If you remember, on the cross, in all the agony that he was in, what did he say? He said, John, behold, your mom, take care of her. It's my mom, but I'm passing it on to you that you would take care of her. Of all the things Jesus could have been doing, really, think. I mean, we don't think about that very much because there's like other things around that story that are more important, but if you think about it, just for a minute, hanging on the cross, all the things he could have said, all the things he could have done, all the pain he was going through, all the thoughts that were running through his mind, but he stops to say, hey, there's my mom. I'm not leaving unless she's taken care of. And Jesus was a great model. Jesus loved and honored his mom, but Jesus was also not a mama's boy. If you read the scriptures, you know He was about God's will first, and mama came second. She was a close second, but she was second. He honored his mom. He loved his mom, but mama didn't push him around. Mama didn't tell him what to do. Only the Lord God Almighty led him, but yet he took care of his mom. Even on his dying breath, he took care of mom. This is a big deal. But notice this. Honor your father and your mother. Some of you are like, oh, my mom, all day long, I got that, I'll take care of her, I'll do whatever she needs, but my dad, different story. Either he didn't take care of us, or he's just not my favorite. Of course, you wouldn't say not my favorite, right, if he was sitting here. But my mom, we just, we, here, let me translate it for you. We have a relationship that's just so unique, but my dad and I, we just never really, we never really saw eye to eye. Now, that could be real, don't get me wrong. But this is saying that we honor, respect, love, and care for both of our parents, period. Now if you were growing up, and this is just for fun, to help you, uh, it's a little late now. But if you were growing up, and mom would have to say, just wait till your dad gets home. Anybody? And you were like, Ugh! come on mom, don't go there. You ready for this? My crush your little soul. You know why that happened? Because you didn't respect your mom. If you respected your mom, she would never have to bring dad in the picture. Whatever she asked you to do, you would have done it. <sighs> Sorry, my bad. See how this works? This is the world we live in, though. It's the culture that we live in. Man, if it's convenient, if it's easy, I'll do it, but <sighs> don't, don't, don't push me to these areas, Chad, that make me uncomfortable. I don't like it. But yet, this is indeed what God is trying to get a hold of us. He's saying, I don't want you to do this for your mom or your dad. It's an added blessing for them that, a kid, that their kid would honor them. You are doing it for me. I don't care if your dad was perfect or mom was perfect or they were terrible. You're doing it for me, God, your father, because you love me. And this is what I've asked you to do. We've got to keep that perspective. It's the only way we can really truthfully push through. And here's the thing. You ready for this? There's another one. In the Old Testament, this was a huge deal. Not sure how? Watch this. Deuteronomy 21. Some of you may never come to church again after this. I'm so sorry. If a man, if a man has a stubborn and rebellious son or daughter, you aren't off the hook, but we'll use the son for now, who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, notice both of them. And though they discipline him, discipline's a good thing, All throughout the scriptures, it's a good thing. As they spank you, smile, because it's good. I hope they don't spank you now, it'll be weird. As they discipline him, and will not listen to them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him. You hear that? Take hold. Yeah, grab him. And bring him out to the elders of his city at the gate of the place where he lives. And they shall say to the elders of the city that our son is stubborn and rebellious, and he will not obey our voice, he is a glutton and a drunkard. There could be so many reasons that are leading him into this. This obviously this is a big deal. This isn't just some little thing where they didn't pick up the trash. Then all the men in the city shall stone him to death. Yeah, we don't practice that anymore. In case you were wondering, just <laughs> take a breath. It's okay. In the Old Testament, we had some standards. Got a, there's some standards that were created somewhere by God, somewhere by man. But there were some standards that were created. That but here's the thing I want you to see: before you leave here and go, this place is nuts, and they kill children that don't obey their parents. <laughs> this, you would have to search high and low, war far and wide, to find this actually happening. Do you know why? Because the kids understood the severity and how important it was that they honored their parents. See the difference? We look at that and go, you kill your kids because they didn't obey you? That is sick, you are evil, forget you. I don't want anything to do with any of you or all of you or whatever that Bible, not Yet what God's saying is, no, 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 I want you to see it is this important to me. It is this important and you wonder, hmm, well first of all, you're all glad we don't do this anymore and I'll be honest, I am too. Okay, very glad we don't do this anymore, okay, that this is not the standard. But even in the New Testament, God sets very, very high standards that we would honor our parents. So it didn't just eliminate. This just is not something that happens now. But here's what I want you to see. You know why this is such a big deal? Because as the kids go, so does society. Just look around. It's ha- you know what? It happens in Katie. I have a, uh, we, I, it's not a friend, but he's a police officer, and now I know him, so maybe we're friends. I'm not sure. But we were talking to this guy, and he was telling us about, uh, he was fairly new into the, in the police department, and there's a bunch of different cities and all that, and he was talking about which place the officers hate to be located at or put at. They, they do not want to work. Guess where it is? Katy, Texas. And all of our area, they want nothing to do with Katie. And I was so intrigued by this. Because I thought, man, Katie, nothing happens here. Like, you just sit around and eat donuts and drink coffee. Like, that's, isn't that the dream job of the cop? I thought that's what, I'm totally kidding. I'm playing with that. But, I, I, so I, I was really intrigued. Like, what, wh- why? And, and the guy said, because it's all domestic disturbance calls. That's all we deal with all day long. And I thought, man, well, okay, that makes sense. That's crazy. And, and that's Katie. And he said, but here's the kicker. Most of them. Kids to their parents. And I did what you did. Hold up. Can you say that again? He said most of our domestic disturbance calls within the home are not spouse to spouse, they're kid to parent. What's happened in our society? Well, we've lost the value of honoring, obeying, respecting our parents. You see it at school, or you saw it at school. The kids just flat out don't care. It's a different world, and I'm not saying, I'm not that guy that's like, the kids today, they're just, I'm just being honest with you from what we see. I couldn't believe it when you told me that, but now that I think about it, it kinda makes sense. Some of you have friends right now. Maybe that was you, I don't know. You're thinking, yeah, well, I bet you, you might, I bet you they've gotten called at least once because they were horrible to their parents. And what do you do to a kid? <laughs> Story time. Beach retreat. <laughs> Our student camp here. I used to go, yeah, eight years in a row. Sarah's like, whatever you're about to say, be careful. I don't want you to go to jail. Eight years in a row, six of those I went to high school in J-High in the same year. So I have put in however many, count it up, tell me later. But there was one year that I had um, (laughs) bad kids. Let's just stop there. I had bad kids. And they were all super ghetto. They all just were ready to move on. They wanted nothing. And and I, I was white, so they had no respect for me whatsoever. No respect for me. And, and I'm a cool kid. I'm not worried about it. I'm not trying to be a problem. I just, I want them to have a good time, and I want them to meet Jesus. That was the desire. That was my hope. And uh, and that, that year at Beach Street, I don't know if y'all were around there, but there was, like, fights every day. Every day. It was just a horrific experience. And most of them are from my cabin because that's just the way it is. Um, and, in fact, we're sitting in worship one night, and I'm just trying to be good and let them have their own space and, like, go worship on your own, you know. And all of a sudden, someone taps me on the shoulder, hey, are these your kids? I'm like, oh, no, I've never seen them in my life. Yeah, they are, and they go, yeah, we just found them down the street eating dinner while you're supposed to be at worship, and I'm like, what do you do? What do you, I mean, I like, can't knock them out, I mean I could, but then I wouldn't be here with you. I mean, what do you do? What do you do to a kid that chooses not to respect authority? What do you do to a kid that doesn't respect his parents, okay? Well, you can, you can spank them, and then what is the kid going to do? Well, they beat me. They abuse me. Right, I mean, it, you know, we're extending, there's extreme circumstances, please don't take that lightly. But my point is, what do you do when you have kids that choose not to obey? Here's what's happened though. From the get-go, from the beginning, early on, we're not, and I'm, I know this is all like, we're all older, like, why are you telling me this? Like, I, I, I can do this now with my mom, it's all good. But you're gonna have kids one day. And I want you to see this. It's gotta start at the beginning. We gotta train them and teach them and show them why. Why do we honor? Why do we honor our teachers? Why do we honor our bosses? You're all going to work for somebody. Maybe some of you also have your own company, but you're all going to work for somebody. And all of us are going to serve the Lord our God for the rest of our life. Listen, we're all going to come under some kind of authority. And we've got to realize that to honor that honors God. But to honor that is an expectation of God. And so what we're seeing today in our society is our society, in our nation, everyone looks around, what's going on, what's going on? Well, yes, they don't have God, and they don't honor their parents. Their parents have abandoned them, they have stopped teaching, training, building up, all of this has happened. And so guess what, everything begins to fall apart because it starts in the home and it's no different right here in Katie. I'll move much faster and run through this real quick. Let's understand the promise, this is the only commandment, only one that's connected to a promise. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Your days may be long in the land that the Lord God has given you. First, let's just look at two things real quick. First, this just makes sense. If you listen to your parents, you're probably gonna live a safer life, all right? We have a daughter, Kylie, she's two and a half. She loves to climb up on the top of the couch and just stand there. And they're like, there's absolutely no value of you doing this. If you fall, you will break your neck, you will either die or you will be paralyzed, and then we're gonna look like bad parents because you were standing on the top of the couch. Her life is safer when we pull her from the couch and say, you're not gonna stand there, you're gonna sit here, right? She also loves mints. The problem is sometimes what she thinks are mints are not mints. They're Tylenol or ibuprofen or some kind of prescription like, well, I was taking the antibiotic when I was sick. But she thinks it's a mint. If we don't keep her safe, her life's going to be very, very short. And so part of this just makes sense. When we honor and obey our parents, it helps us live longer lives. But there's also the element of God's blessing that comes with us to obey God Almighty. God says, when you follow what I've laid in front of you, I will take care of you with this particular one to honor your father and mother so your days may be long in the land. And we see this all throughout Scripture. Ephesians 6, Paul reminds us that this commandment not only was there but also had a connected promise to it. It is such a big deal throughout the Scriptures and there is a promise connected to it and this is beautiful, but here's the thing. The what if always comes in the picture. What if, what if my parents abandoned me? What if one of my parents abandoned me? What if my parents neglected me? What if my parents were just harsh to me? What if they abused me physically, verbally, sexually, whatever it is? What if, what if, what if, what if? And there's so many, I can't name them all, I can't explain them all, I can't describe them all, but you know if that's you. What if that happened? Here's what I say. Notice the verse again. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Do you notice what it doesn't say? There's not an exception there. This is hard. We've got to wrap our mind around this for a second. There's not an exception. It doesn't say honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land, unless your dad abandoned you, unless your mom verbally abused you, unless you fill in the blank, fill in the blank, fill in the blank, fill in the blank. And this is, and, and I'll be honest, at times I don't, I don't like this. I've been in church a long time. Dealt with a lot of different things. I've heard a lot of different stories. I know in this very, very room, I know in this room, we have dealt with this stuff. I want to show you. God is not saying that what they have done, no matter how big or small it is, that it's okay. That he's going to just let it slide. Or that he wants you to continue in that. But what he is saying is that I want my children to honor The position and the person of a parent. You do not stay in abusive situations. You get help and you get out. We do not try to take things into our our own hands and punish our own parents or deal with them. You trust that a sovereign and a good God who is a just God will deal with your parents far better than you ever will you got to trust that God is going to take care of that, that he will deal with them, and he's going to deal, I'm not going to promise this, but I'm just going to tell you, by by reading and understanding as much as I can about the heart of God, he's going to deal with them harshly. He will take care of that. But here's what God's saying to you and I. If you and I do not forgive and let this go, they will have a grip on you for the rest of your life. And for many, it will hinder the way you are going to live for the days going forward. That's what God wants us to hear. I want you to honor the position of your parent. I don't want you to keep being abused, that's not what he's saying. But I want you to honor them. I don't, you don't have to do everything that they say if what they are telling you to do has nothing to do with my word, does not lead you into, that's not what he's not telling you to continue in these situations. But what he is saying, without exception, is that we're gonna honor the office of our parent. And I don't know why. I don't know why these things happen, other than that it, we live in a sinful world, and it's a sinful man. Here's a, please hear this, please hear this. For those of you that are sitting here going, I, this fool is an idiot. He does not understand, he does not understand, he does not understand. Listen, for whatever reason, God has picked these people to be your parents. God did not pick that you would be abused that you would be neglected, that you would be harshly treated or in it. That is not God's choice. That is the choice of free will that God gives to man, and that is their sinful choice. Please hear that. Don't, don't, please don't try to find a way to blame God for this. That, that's not what's happening. Just like you have the free will to choose to do whatever you desire to do. You want to walk in here and sit down and open your Bible? Great. You want to walk in here and yell and scream at someone? That's your choice. We will, we will stop you. We will take action on that. I'm not trying to be funny here. We'll take action on that. But that's your choice. People make bad decisions all the time. So have you. But that is your choice. So please hear this. God didn't say, I'm going to plant this here so that he could do this to that little girl. That has not what happens. But for whatever reason, God has chosen that those two people, that more particularly, their DNA would make you unique. That the two of them, creating you, for whatever reason he picked them, beyond all our understanding, but by those two coming together, makes you unique. There is no such thing, please hear this, there is no such thing as an illegitimate child. There can be some illegitimate parents. There's no such thing as an illegitimate child. There's no such thing as an accidental child. There are some accidental pregnancies, very many. But by God's sovereign hand, he makes it true that there is no such thing as an accidental child. I know people, a couple of them, that were children of rape. And I can tell you something, I would never tell you who they are, but they're living gray lives. There's a part of their past that's imperfect, you betcha. Hard to swallow, you betcha. How'd you get here? My mom was raped. Why God? I can't answer that. Can I tell you this, when you can wrap your mind around that God in his sovereignty has brought you and I here that for a purpose, just like you don't pick your neighborhood when you're growing up, you don't pick what you look like, you also don't pick your parents. But God, through his sovereignty, takes those bad neighborhoods maybe you grew up in, takes those experiences you had, that school system you had to go to, by not by choice, and God yet takes those to use those to form us and to shape us in his sovereignty. That's what we've got to look at here. I'm not telling you I'm going to be able to answer all the problems and make this just feel better. But I want you to understand, as, as, as raw as we can look at this scripture, there are no exceptions here for us. So what do we do? Well, we do our very best to honor them. What does that mean? Well, for those of you that had terrible experiences, just don't speak ill of them. Just leave it alone. And I know they deserve it. They deserve far more than you could ever put out of your mouth. I totally get that. And as a human, I want to say, you're right. I want to join you because I want to tell you what I think about them. Let me tell you. I hate hearing these stories, but that's not how we honor them. We don't speak ill about them, but we do not let them control our life through bitterness or unforgiveness. And for those of you in this room tonight, I pray if that's what you needed to hear, that you would listen. We honor the, the role, the position of a parent Just like we honor the officer uniform, we honor the military uniform. Not every one of them is a perfect person. We know there's been issues in both those departments. But we still honor the uniform. Just like we honor the office of parent that God has ordained. Honor is most powerful, not when it's given to someone that deserves it, but when it's given to someone who doesn't. For some of you tonight, that is your world. That's your story. I just want to encourage you. Please don't leave here tonight bitter. Please don't leave here tonight with unforgiveness, because that's all the enemy. And he loves nothing more than to grab a hold of people and to use this to trip them up, to mess them up with their purpose, with their calling, with their own value of how they look at themselves. This is what he loves to do. But God is saying, listen, let's forget about all that. Let's, let's forgive that, let's put it aside, let's wash it away so that we can move forward because you've been created for a purpose. God has brought you here. You are special to him, you are unique to him. For all of us in the room, whether it's been a perfect childhood or not, God has called us clearly to honor our father and our mother. That's his command. We do not do it because they deserve it. We do it because God has asked us to. And when we honor those who do not deserve it, there is no better way that you can show the grace of God than in those moments.